Welcome to Embracing Sonder, a podcast dedicated to curious individuals seeking an opportunity for reflection, contemplation, and connection. Welcome to episode four, everyone. We hope everyone had a great family day long weekend. If you're in Ontario, we are excited to be talking about how to nurture those long distance friendships and long distance relationships that, you know, maybe we've gone through once or twice in our lifetime. And yeah, the inspiration behind this episode has been um, a couple things. I'll, I'll let Meg talk about the first most recent one. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I've never been in a long distance relationship, but COVID has very much tested our patience for the distance between friends and loved ones. And I recently had to do the two weeks away from my partner, from my boyfriend, because uh, he tested positive. I don't know if he'll want me to disclose that <laughs> in the podcast, but we had to do our two weeks apart. And it was challenging to say the least. It's funny because I remember when we had planned to talk about this topic, you were like, oh, I'm not too sure like what I would say about the relationship part because I've never actually been away from a significant other. And then boom, a couple weeks later, this happens. I'm like, well, let's do it now. <laughs> exactly. I know. Um, well, I mean, I feel like you're kind of bound to go through it at some point. The two weeks away from a significant other or two weeks away from friends, just given the nature of the pandemic. And I think a lot of people will be able to feel that when we say that we have had uh, a lot of distance between our friendships and, and relationships and it sucked. So we want to take what we have learned about those situations and offer some tips and offer some inspiration as to how to nurture long distance relationships and long, long distance friendships. So, mm -hmm. um, so I guess to start off, like you, you had said earlier, Meg, that you hadn't really ever gone through a long distance um, relationship or anything like that. So do you find yourself in a long, in a lot of long distance friendships or even something like along the lines of that? I wouldn't say so that I've been in a lot of long distance friendships or had friends that have been far away from me. I feel like I I haven't had a lot of friends move away. And I mean, now I do live in the city and a lot of my friends live out of the city or some of them live do live in the city but I wouldn't say I I have friends all across the world so <laughs> what about you yeah so I have friends all across the world so I guess I'm a little bit opposite there from you um it's funny because when I look back like even before COVID many of my closest friends are not near me. So I have one good friend who's currently in Sudbury, another good friend who's been in Uganda for about a year, um, my one friend in Cambodia, but she travels all the time. And then I have those friends that are close to me, but it's at least a 30 minute drive or so. And then you move to Toronto, so you're further away from me now. So I feel like I've been kind of dealing with those long distance friendships for probably like a few years now. And so I feel like I kind of I kind of, I, I have established some things that work um, to stay connected with those friends, of course. And then relationship wise, I also haven't really been in a long distance relationship per se. I think the longest I went 
um, not seeing Cody was three months and that was last year or I guess two years ago now when I was in BC. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. But yeah. And in terms of long distance friendships, I mean, those are I mean, friendships are somewhat similar to relationships, but they're also different when it comes to the physical intimacy and like the romantic part of relationships. So how how can we really keep the spark alive in a friendship way and make sure that we are still connecting with our friends in a intimate and vulnerable way that keeps us close and keeps us connected emotionally when we are so far away from them. So what have you done? Like, what are some of the things that you go to? Right. So I guess one of my favorite things about, um, I guess I would define a good friendship and I've talked to some of my friends about this is those friendships where you can go months without seeing each other and then when you do talk or when you do see each other it's as if nothing had ever changed and you're kind of brought back to the exact same place that you had left off with them and those are like my favorite types of friendships because you just know that everyone is going through their own lives at their own pace in their own place in the world as well right so when you do come back together and catch up and do all of these things you're so happy to hear everything that they're going through despite not having talking every day or something like that. So in terms of like what I do or what works for my friends and I to to make sure that we're still staying connected, especially with all the different time zones. Um, I know like the first one people would think maybe would be like to FaceTime, but sometimes FaceTiming is not always efficient because like I said, some of my friends are literally 12 hours. Oh, like the time difference is 12 hours. So on days where I'm waking up, they're going to bed, or if I'm working, they're going to bed, or it's like just not the greatest time to always FaceTime. So what we like to do is, um, I guess we find different mediums of communication. So to keep it interesting, for instance, not just FaceTiming, but sending voice memos, which is something I've been doing recently. And I even do it with you. I think voice memos is a great way to get a longer point across um, but then you get to hear the other person's voice and you can hear their expression and their tone. And it just, it's a nice feeling. And also another big one is photos, sending photos and just sharing those little things. I think photos keep people connected and, you know, sharing videos and things like that. And in terms of what we talk about, um, I think the biggest thing or the biggest aspect that I have found really nice is when they share the big and the small things that are happening in their life and I don't have to find out in a different way, right? And I, I think the same goes for me. If something happens in my life, I would like to tell them personally and be like, you know, this is what's happening. Just thought you would want to know. Because I think what a lot of people struggle with too, I, I've had some friends who found out some weird things or not weird things, but they found out some things about their friends on social media and that kind of got them a little sad. And so I think I make it, my friends and I make an effort to make sure we share these things um, when we do talk. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely important to share the little things, especially if you haven't seen the friend in a while. And I can understand that viewpoint of being upset, um, hearing something that your friend has done or like something's going on and you're hearing it through social media and you're wondering, okay, why didn't they tell me directly? Right. So I can understand that side of, of being upset with that. But I think that a way to prevent that from happening is to be sending the 
less insignificant stuff through whatever it might be texting or on FaceTime or right. I think that sending a picture is a really good way. And I feel like a lot of people do that too. Even when I was getting flashbacks when I was traveling in Bali and I was sending you pictures all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, that's their go-to when you're away from someone is to send them photos of updates of what you've been doing. Right. So I really like that. I think that that's a really good idea too. I also think that there are so many platforms like social media platforms that also allow you to do that so like I mean I don't have Snapchat but I know people use Snapchat so often to a point where they don't even have to have like an explanation it's just like a photo they send it to you right and I think that alone can be helpful too because I remember when you were sending me photos I think you were sending them to me over WhatsApp but sometimes there would be like no explanation and I didn't need one I just was like oh that's what she's doing like either today yesterday or you know whatever it was and it's just like a nice little I don't even know. It's it's like, oh, that's that came from Meg. You know, that's what's going on in her life. That's awesome. We'll talk about it eventually. Because I think another important thing when you're in a long distance friendship or relationship with a significant other is to kind of understand that at that point, like your schedules and your lives are different. You're not in the same place anymore, right? So you kind of can't take it personally when, you know, if you're messaging someone you can't expect them to message you right away. or And I think that's something that obviously my friends and I, um, and even you and I, when we message each other, we never expect that the other one's going to respond right away. And it's kind of like we just respond when we can. And sometimes that's right away and sometimes it's not, right? But you don't take it personal because you know they're living another life. So that's just, that's just how it is. And I think that comes to my next point of, in a way, I don't know if I'm going to um, express this correctly, but like, don't be afraid to spam when you're thinking about them, if that makes sense. Like, and that can come in a form of like a variety of different things. So if I'm thinking about my friend, something reminds me of them, I might just shoot them a quick text, like thinking of you, like hope all is well, or I'll send them a meme. You know, it's just like the randomest things. If something pops up in my head, I'm thinking about them, makes me think of them. I'm going to send it to them and they do the same to me. And I always, I just, I appreciate it. Even if I don't respond to it right away, I'm always like, oh, like that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yep what you said about spamming them, not being afraid to spam them is actually kind of funny because I never thought of it like that. But it's true. Like we take for granted how easily accessible all of our friends and family and everyone is with our smartphones and with social media. And I think we assume if we were to text a friend or a loved one, they should respond right away, right? Because they're probably checking it. They're probably seeing it. But just because they're looking at it or glancing at it or opening the message doesn't mean that they have the time or emotional capacity to respond right away too. So I think that also being able to recognize that is probably important and that goes on both ends, right? And saying like, it, just sending a quick message, say, hey, I got your messages. Like, um, I really want to catch up, like I'll be able to respond to them soon or just give me some time and I'll FaceTime you or call you back or whatever, right? I think that that has to be said or else that can cause tension, right? And I guess what we want to talk about or what we want to um, avoid is that tension because it can be hard to have long distance friendships and relationships. We're human and we take things personally as much as we don't want to admit that. And I think if you were to see a friend doing something and they hadn't told you yet, or if you were to see them 
on social media and they haven't answered you yet. I think that having clear communication and stating if you're available to have a conversation or not is a a great way to avoid that tension. No, that makes total sense. I completely agree with that as well because, yeah, like you said, not everyone is going to be in the same emotional state in terms of whether or not they feel that they can give you the energy and the response that you deserve or that they want to give you, right? So I think it's definitely a great thing to just shoot a message. I got all your messages. Like, I will respond, you know, when I can. Thank you. You know, just anything. Yeah, obviously, because then it becomes just like you're you're actually just spamming them at that point. But yeah, what I meant to say was just something that I go by is like, I'm not going to not message them just because I'm like, oh, like I, I was the last one to message them. I'm not going to message them, right? Like just message them, whatever your good friends it shouldn't make a difference. But yes, just definitely keep in mind of that they're going through their own things. They may need time. And yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Kind of backtracking and going back to what we said is that we get in our heads when it comes to like our friends or partners or the relationships in our lives. We get in our heads and think, oh no, they haven't texted me back or, oh, I'm always the one to reach out or they've seen my message and they're on social media and they're still not getting back to me. And then we in turn take all of those and we internalize them and we create a story about them and we make it seem like they don't like us. And I think what you said about just not being afraid and not listening to those thoughts and not believing those stories that your mind is telling you and just texting them regardless. If you're thinking about them, just text them because chances are they're probably thinking about you too. Maybe they just haven't had the time or maybe they're thinking the exact same thing on the other end, right? So I'm always the one to like reach out and just like randomly text a friend that I haven't talked to in a while. That's like my specialty. I, and I'll go through phases like every couple of weeks. I'll be like, oh, I haven't talked to this person in a while. So I'll just like send them a message and be like, hey, like hope everything's well. Like I miss you. And like, that's just to let people know that it's okay that you're not reaching out or that we're not talking. We're still friends. And whenever we have the time to catch up, we will. Right. Cause I think a big part of it comes down to us internalizing the interactions and the comments and or the lack of them from our friends and and we internalize those and make up stories and tell ourselves that they don't like us anymore because it's hard because you're not seeing each other all the time right Mm -hmm. definitely yeah well to segue this into an important point oftentimes being away from a loved one or a friend brings up different emotions and it brings up It brings up feelings and I think we can sometimes get confused about what those feelings are and they manifest as something else. So we'll start to get upset and frustrated that we haven't seen our friends in a long time and instead of identifying that that's how we're actually feeling, it sometimes comes off as we're cold-shouldered or we're hostile or we're upset and we don't really know why, but we're kind of lashing out or taking it out on somebody else when we shouldn't be. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's definitely a way to nurture our long distance friendships and relationships is to first identify the root feeling, identify how we're actually feeling below the surface. And what is that manifesting as? Because sometimes we're so quick to jump 
and act on those surface level feelings when that's not actually how we're feeling inside. So do you have any tips for people on how to identify those root causes? Because I know sometimes that's a huge thing. That's a tough question. Um, I think being able to get real with yourself is important. So whether you need space away from people or just some time to yourself to be able to sit and reflect and actually think deeply and ask yourself those questions will help you get to the root of what you're feeling. I think it does take some self-awareness and I think it does take some emotional maturity to be able to identify the root feelings and the root emotions. Um, And I think it can also take time too, because one day you might feel like it's something and then the next day you might feel like it's something completely different. So I think taking time and space for sure, away from distractions, but also just asking yourself those tough questions like, why am I feeling this way, right? And once you identify why you're feeling that way, I think asking yourself again, okay, and why am I feeling that way? And then asking yourself again, okay, and why am I feeling that way, right? And kind of doing that like trickle down effect to figure out what it is because I think it does come down to like, there's probably a deeper rooted feeling or a Mm -hmm. nerve or a trigger that's being touched on Right? Right. No, I know I put you on the spot a little bit there, but no, I think those are great tips. Um, I could definitely see that working. And I think that's a good practice for everyone. Like all, all the things you had mentioned, good practice for yourself in general. So it's always good to, to know, because then you can also grasp a little bit about like of your own emotions. And that's always a, a positive thing, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say that with your friendships, you have ever felt that or you've had those feelings come up before? feelings of what sorry would you so let me free let me rephrase (laughs) would you say that with your long distance friendships that you've had or that you have do you ever feel upset or annoyed or frustrated about something that's going on with them and then realize that you're not actually frustrated with them or upset you're just really truly missing them Mm. um let me try to think Um, I don't think so, mostly because the handful of friends that are away that I am doing long distance friendships with, I have the general, or I guess I have, like, I know how they are as humans individually first, right? So I kind of have learned to, um, I don't even know, predict almost their, their reasoning behind their moves, right? So, I mean, with each of my friends, if they don't respond for a reason, I can, I kind of know the reason. So that has always been fine in terms of like, I've never been upset if I said something and I never received anything back though. I mean, I'm not too sure how they feel on the other ends when I'm speaking with my friends or when we um, make time to communicate and catch up. It's always a very fulfilling catch up moment. So this, I guess, leads me to my next point, which I think in order to nurture your friendships with people you don't often see, it's equally as important to talk about, or I guess I want to rephrase this. 
you need to find the balance between quality communication and then sharing those little mundane details that you would if you were to see them, right? Because when you see your friends in person, you tell them like everything. There's little details being like just thrown all over the place, right? Versus when you have a certain amount of time that you have scheduled, say for instance, with your friend to catch up, I feel like there's this subconscious need to only tell them the big things otherwise you feel like maybe you're wasting their time or like you know you want to pack and cram in all the great stuff as opposed to like the small things but I like to hear both because I think hearing the important things and the big things that are happening in their lives everything's impacted right so by knowing the small things that are happening as well I think it really just makes a difference into like the whole understanding of their being again even if they're far away so to answer your question I don't really find it difficult in terms of feeling misunderstood or being misunderstood but I definitely miss my friends a lot so like I guess the closest thing I could think of is if it were to happen if they were somehow gonna come home and not tell me then I'd be like hey like what the heck like I want to see you right but yeah no like I feel like I'm pretty lucky in the situation I am with my friends because it's not that they're just an hour or two away and aren't making the time to come see me for instance pre-covid of course they're literally far away like across the globe so i'm like whatever do you you know we'll talk we'll schedule moments to just catch up and see each other and it's always nice yeah Mm -hmm. that's good that's really good it sounds like you have a good understanding of your friendships as well as a good understanding of your friends as people and so however they're acting you can grasp why they're doing that and not take it personally or whatever the case may be right but it's it's funny sometimes I think about it and I'm like holy shit all my friends are gone well most of my friends are gone like what does that mean like why are they leaving it's like why are they leaving me but no it's it's I don't take it that way ever because I'm also the kind of person where I'm like okay I want to just pack up my shit and go somewhere and then people are like but won't you miss your friends I'm like of course I'll miss my friends but if you have great friends then you shouldn't be afraid of losing them or that's how I think anyways if I have great friends I'm not thinking about losing them I'm thinking about okay well then that gives them an excuse to come visit me and then me show them a whole new you know location or we can go exploring together for me it's always like the positive and That's why I think I value friendships where the primary source or reasoning as to why you guys are so connected is based on communication because communication is the one thing that you can do wherever you are, right? Versus if your friendship is just based off of partying together, you know, if that is your primary, the primary thing holding you together, I guess, if that is it, then that's going to be a lot harder to maintain, especially while people go on living their separate lives, right? So I just, yeah, I just think that I'm very grateful for all my friendships. And it's funny because I look across all my my friendships and everyone is like from a different group, if that makes sense. Like I don't have one consistent full-on like group. It's just, oh, like this person from that group, this person from that group. And it's interesting because it's, yeah, like our friendship is based off of communication and just enjoying each other's presence even if it's not a physical presence right so Mm -hmm. I think that that is hard to come by and hard to find those genuine friends that you actually have you have mutual interests and mutual hobbies and things that you like to do together other than just 
party or go out socially, whatever the case might be. I think that that is hard to come by in this day and age, but I also think that that is super important to have in your life um, because that's what helps you have those meaningful relationships and those meaningful connections, right? (laughs) And it brings us back to, you know, just embrace Sonder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. No, I am think I am coming back to the name of our title throughout this um, conversation because you keep saying that everyone's like my friends are living their own lives and it's true. Um, I think that we have to be gracious and respectful when it comes to our friends and know that they are on their own path. They're on their own journey. They're doing their own thing. And maybe you guys don't need to be so invested in each other's lives right now, but still okay. And knowing that you will come back and connect after a couple weeks or a couple days, whatever it might be. Right. And you can still like rekindle and talk about everything that's going on. And I think everybody would be in agreement when, when we say that those are the best kinds of friendships, right. Where you can have that space and that distance, but then when you come back to each other, it's like nothing's ever changed. And you just catch up and connect and everything's great and fun, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. It's interesting now because being apart from a friendship has similarities to when you're apart from your significant other. But then there are also very different aspects too, right? Because when when you're apart from your significant other, I think there are definitely more emotions involved. And so I guess I kind of want to talk a little bit about our experiences despite it being you know if it's two weeks or whatever just being apart from the person you love and how to deal with all the messiness that can be brought into that situation right so I guess I kind of want to start with you because it literally just happened a, a week ago I feel like so yeah can you tell us a little bit about how it was being apart from Lucas for two weeks. And I know two weeks, we say two weeks and it sounds like it's nothing. People do long distance relationships for like years. So, but your feelings are your feelings. So two weeks, they're just going to feel as strong, especially because like he was so close, but you couldn't see each other, right? And I think sometimes, I don't know which is worse, them being physically far apart or if it's right there, right in your reach, but you just can't see him, right? So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I'm laughing because like you said, it sounds ridiculous. It was only two weeks and one of my best friends, her boyfriend was just away for six months. Like hearing that comparison of like six months to two weeks sounds like peanuts. But at the end of the day, I think that any type of distance with a loved one, when you know that you can't see each other, it sucks no matter what. Right. And Maybe the time isn't comparable, but I'd say that the feelings are comparable, right? I never thought of it like that, that because yeah, we were technically pretty close. Like our condo buildings are not that far from each other. It's about 10 minutes, but it's knowing that I can't actually see him or be close to him. Whereas if I knew that he was back home in Newfoundland and like I couldn't see him after a 10 minute drive then yeah I would be like okay this is like you know it is what it is but I think that knowing he was so close to me physically (laughs) did make it a little bit harder because it's one of those things where it's like you want it but 
you can't have it. So it makes you want it more, right? (laughs) Yes, we're all familiar with that. Yes. (laughs) I think that that's why being able to identify your root feelings and expressing your feelings from I statements and really, really letting the other person know how you're feeling is important in, in terms of trying to avoid conflict or just navigating the distance without creating tension, right? Because it already sucks as it is. The last thing you want is to be upset about the situation because I was like, I was upset when I first found found out I wasn't going to be able to see him for two weeks. I was like, oh my God, this sucks. And I'm like getting all teary eyed on FaceTime. And I'm like, no, like this is awful. Like, what am I going to do if I can't see you for two weeks? And of course, he's frustrated and upset. Like the last thing he wants is to test positive for COVID. And I was like not taking into consideration his feelings. And so I was in a much better state. And I was like, okay, I can understand he's probably feeling like really annoyed at this. And I'm upset, but I shouldn't be like taking it out on him or getting frustrated and upset. Right. So being able to identify how I was actually feeling and expressing it in a way that was compassionate and caring, but also considerate of the other person, I think kept us from having any issues the entire time. And, and like you said, of course, spamming when necessary, or like just texting and social media and all that being able to FaceTime every night was like, very, very helpful. So yeah, what about you? Okay, so the only time I've ever really done long distance. Um, I mean, I did, I went to France for like three weeks at the beginning of my relationship. So that's, I'm not even gonna go that far back, but I guess the most recent was when I was in BC for three months, which was supposed to be five and a bit of months, but I ended up coming back for a job. So I guess to start off with that, there are obviously so many things that you, that I feel like impact the like the way you do long distance, for example, because Cody and I had been together for a long time. So I feel like the trust aspect was already there versus if it was a new relationship, I think I would have, we would have both been a lot more like, what the heck? (laughs) Like you're, you're leaving for five months. Like, I don't know if, you know, in early relationships, you might be like, I don't know if that's worth it to continue. Um, But yeah, like we had been together for a long time at that point. So I know going into it, he was very supportive because I wouldn't shut up about it. So he's like, yeah, 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 go. (laughs) So um, no, he was actually very supportive, probably more than I would have been, which is, I don't know, awesome on his part. But then while I was there, I think what I, what really worked for us in terms of making sure the other one's okay still, my thought process is always that the person being left behind is always going to be going through a harder situation. Like if I was the one being left, I'm just living my normal life. I'm obviously missing the person more versus being away. I was so occupied with a new job, new friends, a new house, new scenery, like literally just doing something every day. I needed to make sure that I was still prioritizing my relationship in terms of making sure I found the balance between 
sharing all this great stuff that is happening to me without overwhelming my partner in terms of saying, yeah, like my life is awesome right now. You know, especially if the other person's not going through the exact same thing, which is something that I think I had to work on because while I was doing all the sharing the photos and sharing this and sharing that and sharing this, I just had to find the balance between sharing the stuff that was going on in my life, but also making sure that I wasn't making my life more important, if that makes sense. And I think a big part of that too, in terms of, you know, nurturing the relationship is kind of like reassure your partner of how great the relationship is. Because I think that that helped as well. And then just something else I would I did was send care packages, but it's not the type of care packages that normal people would send. They're kind of, like I make little terrarium jars. So like I take a jar and I take things from wherever I'm living currently. So like rocks and sometimes like grass. <laughs> Sounds really stupid, but I make it pretty. And I put it in a jar and it's kind of like I send it. I'm like, this is, you know, this is the ground I'm living on right now. This is where I'm at. And I, I did the first one when I was in France like seven years ago. And then, yeah, the second one was when I went to BC. And I don't know, I just feel like it's like a cute little thing that makes me feel like you're here with me or now I'm there with you. Kind of just like a connection thing. But yeah, like if anyone, you know, send care packages with whatever the hell you want, I guess, you know, be kind and, and be understanding when the other person is feeling a certain way and listen to why they're feeling it and then put yourself in their shoes. And that's always a big one. You always have to put yourself in their shoes and see why they may be feeling a certain way. Um, And again, like you said, find the root cause, right? So if I'm upset, if I was upset about something and I'm like expressing it not the right way, then I should take a moment and figure it out before we just like waste our conversation on me being upset of something that I'm, that's not actually the reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that one, I think that those care packages are actually so sweet. And I think that being away from someone that you love or someone that you care about forces you to kind of get creative as to like how you can still nurture the relationship and care for them, aka sending care packages, right? Um, The other thing with care packages, it, it reminds me of love languages and like knowing what your partner's love language is or knowing what your, maybe not your friend's love language is, but knowing how to make them happy or how to show them that you care and um, make them smile, right? So for instance, if like, if your partner's love language is gifts or acts of service, then doing something like a care package or doing something nice um, and sending it to them or getting it delivered to them is ultimately going to make their day and it's going to help you nurture that relationship. Whereas if quality time um is your love language or like how you receive love then maybe it's like a FaceTime date right so <laughs> Lucas and I did both of those like and both of those were able to like meet our needs and and help us nurture the relationship um and with friends too like being able to be like let's have a girls night on on FaceTime and let's have some drinks and catch up and stuff those little ways to get creative are ultimately going to help nourish the relationship. No, it's definitely true about the love languages, which I think we have made a point to talk about them in a future episode as well. So we can dive a little deeper into them. But I feel like knowing your partner's love language is definitely the foundation, right? Of, of how to 
take care of your relationship because how you normally would show someone you care might have to be different, right? If, if the person doesn't normally receive it that way. So yeah, in terms of the care packages, which is funny because I never actually thought of it that way, but Cody's love language is acts of service. So he's always doing things for me and mine would probably be quality time mixed in with words of affirmation a bit. So I look back now and I'm reflecting back. I'm like, yeah, like he was continuously letting me know how much he cares and that he misses me and all this stuff. And it's funny because you really don't, notice those love languages being put into play and, until you see it and you reflect back and yeah I like that no I like that a lot mm-hmm. yeah I definitely think those are important for sure yeah I don't know any other any other tips or any other ways really like I think we've covered everything I think that to sum up I guess is to maintain open and honest communication and to respect each other's boundaries too in terms of what the other person's doing if they can't get back to you right away right and then as well to know to know what their love languages are too are important I think a lot of the points we had mentioned kind of overlap with each other you kind of can't do one without the other but yeah just like what Meg said open and honest communication obviously is is key and everyone says that you hear that everywhere but it's it's true it's it's being said for a reason right and some people communicate differently as well which is fine that's also why I think it's great to use you know find different mediums to communicate like if if you're not comfortable being on FaceTime all the time or if you're Bit too busy sometimes that you don't want to have your your face on screen or you know maybe you're doing it for work every day you don't want to be on FaceTime again find an alternative way and just I mean in any relationship either with a significant other with a family member or with a friend it has to be both ways it can't just be one person putting in more effort otherwise that friendship or that relationship in the end is not going to be as strong as it could have been if both people were putting equal effort right so that's definitely an important thing yeah those are good points. I think that those are good. So I guess we're wrapping it up. I mean, initially we had planned to make short episodes like this and I don't know what happened with the last two. We kind of just got uh, got talking and got sidetracked and had a lot to say. So, well, we just want to do our little end spiel. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I can't believe this is episode four already. I mean, it seems so little, but at the same time we started, I guess, on New Year's. I find that this episode is is interesting because when I look back, I'm like, okay, when did we do our last episode? I feel like it was a long time ago, but then I realized like what has happened since our last episode and this episode. And I feel like a lot has changed. Meg started a new job, right? And there have just been so many things in our lives that have been shifting. So I guess that's just worth mentioning. We came at this podcast not knowing how many episodes we do or when we'd even do it. We just kind of have it whenever we can and it seemed to just find this kind of two episodes a month type of uh, feel to it but just want to let you know that we're making episodes when we feel like there's something to talk about and when our um, schedules align Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think I always respond to you in that manner I I always say the same shit to you every time you finish talking (laughs) Are you sure it's not exactly? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, No, but we wanted to keep this episode short and sweet and just give you guys actual tangible tips and tools as to how to nurture your relationships with friends and loved ones. Because this time, um, this current time, given what's going on, is very challenging and I think a lot of us feel isolated and a lot of us feel distant from our friends 
and we really need to nurture the relationships that we have in our lives. And so I feel like this was very timely for what's going on. And like Savannah said, I feel like a lot's changed and a lot's going on um, to the extent that it, it can be changing given <laughs> given what we're in right now. But um, I hope that these tips and tools uh, and things that we have said in this podcast can help you to nurture and strengthen the relationships that you have in your life um, because ultimately those are the most important things that we have in this lifetime and well one thing that comes to my head I don't even think we had a quote planned for today because this was very spur of the moment but something that I a quote that I read a while ago had said the most important relationship you have in this lifetime is the one that you have with yourself. And I do think that that is very true. However, I think the relationships that we have with other people are also just as important um, because we've seen how people's mental health has declined in this pandemic due to the fact that nobody's allowed to see each other and we've all been socially isolated from one another. And I think that that further just plays into the fact that we need relationships and we need good relationships in our lives in order to thrive and succeed. Yeah. And like you said, relationships kind of go hand in hand with being able to be connected, right? And going back to our Embracing Sonder, it's all about connection. So you need to nurture yourself in your relationship with yourself, but also the relationship with those that you love because you love them. And why would you not want to nurture them, right? Of course. Embrace all that good stuff. Embrace all the good feelings and don't be afraid to get vulnerable with your friends and really express how you're feeling and, and let them in on your emotions and, and your feelings and let them know if you're missing them. I think that showing that side of yourself and being able to just like put yourself out there is a great thing. So go out there and send a message to a loved one. Here's a challenge for you all. (laughs) As soon as you're done listening to this episode, I challenge you to send a nice message to a friend or a loved one and just let them know how you feel. Let them know that you miss them because it's important, especially, um, especially right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to end it there, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for listening. As always, we are so appreciative and so grateful of everyone who's listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram if you are a new listener. It's at Embracing Sonder. And we will talk to you guys on the next episode, whenever that may be. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. (laughs)